Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to our series titled The Good New Days. We're kind of taking a little bit of a spin off of what we refer to as, what everyone refers to as, the good old days, right? Everyone remembers some good old days in our lives that we just love. One of those things we were just talking about this is family reunions. How many of you love family reunions? Sadly, those tend to be going away, and I don't know why my generation is allowing that to slip, but I'm, I, I want some good family reunions in the good new day. So this morning, we're gonna talk about possessing, taking possession of our good new days. We're talking about the story of Joshua. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter one today. And the background is Joshua chapter one, in Joshua chapter one is the Israelites who, who God led out of captivity. They're on the verge right there at the edge of the promised land. They're ready to go in and they've been out there for 40 years. They've been wanting to get to this spot for 40 years. They come up to the edge of the Jordan River knowing that they're about to go in and possess the land, right? To go in and possess the land. And God says to Joshua in chapter one, verse one, he said three days or verse 11, excuse me, three days from now, you will cross the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord is giving you for your own. God said, Joshua, you've got a tremendous future ahead of you. Right? Everything is right across the river from you. The future's bright. Everything's there. What will your future hold? Right? The truth is this. It's the same for us as it was for them. Our future is going to hold a mixed bag of blessing and battles. There's going to be some things along the way, things along the, 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 the journey. And God says he wants to do good things, great things in our lives. Listen, all your past is past and all your future is ahead. And so we, we've kind of gone off this idea for this series is God has some good new days in store for us. And so as we, as we look to this, as we, as we give ourselves to that thought, that idea, how do we then take possession of the future that God has given us? Well, in Joshua 1, we, God tells him, he says, I know you're going to be in battle for a few years. I know, I know there's going to be some rough times ahead. So I want to encourage you before you get there. I want to give you a plan before you go take possession of these good new days. They're, they're simple, but powerful. Number one, just some notes for you to kind of jot down today and have some practical things, steps that we can all do. Number one is this, we've got to set up a plan. We need a plan. God planned, right? We need to plan and God has a plan for us. If you're going to be like God, you've got to learn to plan. Now, other, some of you are planners. Others of you aren't. My wife is a planner. I'm more of a by the seat of my pants kind of guy, right? A, in the moment kind of person. But listen, your future is ahead of you. So you might as well plan for it, right? We got to plan some things out. If you don't plan, this is what I found out over the years. If I don't plan, somebody else will plan it for me. Right, And I end up getting to do what they want to do instead of what I want to do. And so we've got to learn 
to plan. Now, verse two and three says this, Moses, my servant is dead. God's telling Joshua, now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. So he's saying, get ready, get ready. Joshua, get ready. God is literally telling them to get ready for their future. And I believe at this weird crossroad moment of our life, God is telling, telling us the same thing. Get ready. There's a new day that's coming. There's a, there's, we've got to approach the pl- and, and plan for that new time that's ahead for us. Prepare for the future. So we got to prepare for the future that God has already promised us. He's promised us a good future. We've got to pr- uh, plan for it. So what is Joshua's response? Well, let's look down at verse 11. He says, so Joshua ordered the people, get your supplies ready. Got to get ready. Got to tell other people around you, get ready. We're going on a, a little bit of a trip. We got to tell the kids, we got to get ready. We got we to gotta be prepared, right? That's why it's so important for us as, as, as adults to invest in the younger generations behind us. Because we've got to get them ready for when that day comes in their lives. But what about you? Let me ask you, are you making plans? Are you right now given any thought to the spiritual connection that you have with God in your future? Or right now, are you planning ahead? Are you planning for the fall? Are you planning for next winter? Are you planning? Right now, it's like, what do I plan for? It's some of it, it's some of, so, so much of it feels like it's out of our control, right? My, my, my encouragement is plan anyway. You got you to gotta plan. We got to look to the future ahead of us and begin to plan some things out. Have you written it down? Have you written out a plan? Very important for you to do. You know, they tell us in statistics, they they say, statistically, you are so much more likely to accomplish a plan that is just written down. You say, you know what? I got it all right here. Well, you got a whole lot else right there too, right? What is written down? Are you just hoping things will work out? Notice in verse two, it says, Moses, my servant is dead. One of the ways that we have to prepare for the future is to let go of some things from the past. Joshua and Moses, very, very, very close. Joshua had been with Moses now for 80 years, and now his leader, his mentor, right? He's dead. He's now passed away. Can you imagine what it must have been like to lead following Moses, right? To be the new leader of this huge group of people to follow Moses, and then step up and say to them, hey guys, I've got a plan. I've got a new plan. Must have been very, very difficult. Listen, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll let past relationships keep us from possessing the future that is that God has for us, that is set in for us. It, it may be it may be all kinds of things. It could be death. It could be a betrayal. It could be lack of trust. It could be maybe you're still maybe you're still in that moment. Maybe you're still saying, "How can I gain the approval of that person?" It may be that it, God says, "Let go of the past, so we can what? So we can get on with the present and receive what God has for us right now to possess." the future that he has for us. You will never possess your future as long as you're willing to live in the past. Never going, never going to do it. So you see, God had a plan for Joshua's life that went far beyond Moses, right? Far beyond what Moses had done, Joshua was going to do. Let me ask you this today. 
What do you need to put to rest? What is something you need to put to rest? A failed plan, a wound from someone else? What is it? What is it? Do it today, right? Let go of those things. Joshua had to prepare himself before he could move on. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18 says, don't go charging into battle without a plan. Very important. Proverbs 13, verse 16 says, a wise man thinks ahead. We got to think some things through. We got to plan some things out. We got to make sure that our plans have a prevailing future, right? So the first key, how to possess, how to possess, how to go in and, and possess, take possession of our future or our good new days, right? Is to set up a plan. This is applicable in every area of your life. It doesn't matter what it is in your job, your relationship, your financial situation, your goals, all those sorts of things, your spiritual life. Do you have a plan for getting closer to God? Does that plan, including God and other people that are helping you walk through that? Because here's, here's what I've known. Here's what I've known. If people only, if their only spiritual plan is their connection with God, but not their spiritual connection with anyone else, they don't ever grow closer to God. It's important that we have a plan and it includes both God and one another. Okay. So I want, I want you to evaluate yourself right here. What describes your plan for the good new days ahead? What describes your plan spiritually for your good new days? What would it be? Would it be nothing at all? Would it be a little bit, right? What is it? Where are you at right now? Could it be, could it be, man, daily time with him? Could it be da daily time with where I'm, I'm, I'm studying the word, doing these things, talking to other people, spending time in church, spending time serving others? What would it be? Number two, we also have to stay in the word. We got to stay in the word of God. Joshua, or God says to Joshua, you're going to be in battle for years. Joshua, listen, dude, you're, you got some days ahead for you, but you're going to be fighting. Notice in verse seven, he says, be careful to obey all the law. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Remember that the Bible, the Bible literally, it's like a manual for our lives, right? God gives us instruction on how to approach everything that we come in contact with. And, and, and the answer is found in the pages of scripture. And God is telling him, listen, don't get sidetracked. Stick in the game. Stay with me. Stay in the, stay in the word. Go back to the word. When you don't know something, you search it out. You, you filter everything in life through that word of God. Okay. Have you noticed how easy it is to get sidetracked? right? Today, in, in today's culture, super easy to get off into other things that just simply aren't important, simply don't matter. I, I've heard it like, said like this, don't spend your life, right, climbing the ladder only to realize it's leaning on the wrong wall, right? Don't spend your life trying to attain something only to get there, spend all that time and realize it's not what you thought it would be, right? My hope is that none of you would find yourselves, none of us would find ourselves in that position. Verse eight gives us one of the greatest promises in the entire Bible. You've heard it, I know you know it, but it says this, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and 
successful. God says, stay in the Bible and the success will come. Stay with me. Stay with me. Keep leaning on. Keep listening to. Keep checking in, right? Stay with me. God's promise for you, taking possession of new days, listen, has absolutely nothing to do with your ability. God's promise for new days in our lives, listen very closely, has everything to do with our commitment to his word. Our commitment to his word. So how do we stay in the word? How do we do it? Three ways. It says, don't let, don't let it depart from your mouth. We need to talk about the word of God. Let it be in conversation. Talk about it. Number two, meditate on it day and night. Think about the word of God. I, I encourage people, read your Bible in the morning. That way you have all day to think about what you've read, right? And then thirdly, be careful to do everything written in it. Now, that's the hardest one. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? Do every, always do and obey, okay? Do it, obey it. Talk about it. Tell, tell people around you, hey, I struggle with this. Let them help you stay accountable. What does it mean to stay in the word? It means to live it out, right? To live it out, to, to, to flow in it every day. If I do those things, God says, then I'm going to be prosperous and successful, okay? That applies not just Joshua, but to all of us. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the whole Bible, how much of the Bible? The whole thing. The whole Bible is given to us by inspiration of God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I love this part. It says it straightens us out and helps us do what's right. So that's what God's word does. It straightens us out, helps us do what's right for no other reason. Those are good enough. Those are good enough reason right there to stay in scripture every single day. I imagine Joshua is a pretty busy guy, right? What's our excuse oftentimes? Well, I just got really busy today. This guy leading a couple million people, really busy guy, leader of an entire nation, right? He doesn't have a whole lot of, he, <laughs> he makes time to get in the word every single day. Make time to stay in the word. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, a passage that we've all heard before. He says this, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Powerful statement, right? Incredible statement. Joshua's taking a stand. He's making it known. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. What, what this may surprise you is this. This surprised me as I, as I study this out, as I look into it deeper. I, I've heard this verse my entire life, right? And, and in my mind, Joshua is a young married man with a young family, and he's making this big declaration, right, to, to his family and to the people around him taking a stand we're gonna serve God right it, but but to me it was it was it was a commitment of how he's gonna lead his family but would it surprise you to know because as it did me as I'm studying this out that this was actually at the very end of his life he makes this statement not at the beginning not not but at the end so at the beginning of the what the good new days he makes this statement 14 verses later in Joshua chapter 24, verse 29 says, after these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at an age of 110. Joshua was old, as he said, and he reflected back on his life. He looked back on the what? The good old 
days. He says, and listen, don't get me wrong. He lived it out. He lived it out. He wasn't, he, he wasn't just now making the decision. He, it was an anthem for his life. It's, it's, it's how he lived, right? But I want to encourage you, listen, don't wait to the end of your life. Don't wait to the end of days, of whatever days they are, to make this kind of life decision. Decide now in the in-between. There's an in-between that we're kind of in right now, right? Decide now. My, the whole world is in this reset moment, if you will. We aren't going to do what's common. We're going to do what's uncommon, and we're going to do what's best. We're going to be ushered into good new days. So evaluate, evaluate yourself right here. How am I doing? How much time am I spending reading the Word of God? And it's not the amount of time. It's how much of the Word you're getting in you right? It's how much is getting in us. If you want to take possession of those good new days, are you spending time with the one that can make that happen? And then number three, put faith in action. Put faith in action. Faith is more than just knowing or believing. It's action. To, to live by faith does not mean that you wait on miracles to come to your life, right? It means that you work hard and do what God desires for you to do and they will unfold. So three times in this passage of scripture, do we see these words, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Three times God is saying to Joshua and the people, be strong and courageous. There's going to be a lot of challenging things that you're going to come up against, but, and they will try to distract you and discourage you, but, but stay strong, stay courageous, step out in faith, right? The Israelites have been wandering around for 40 long years and they're just now, they're standing literally at the edge of the river. I want you to just imagine your toes dipping into the cool water, okay? They're right there, right at the Jordan River, ready to cross over into that promised land. But they know they, as soon as they cross the river, they're, they're going to be facing battles. As soon as they do it, on the other side of the river, there's, there's seven different nations, every one of them larger and stronger than their own. And Israel didn't have an army. They had, they had been in slavery for 400 years. They're a bunch of farmers, wives, children. They're, they're ready to cross the river, but there's certain uncertainty ahead, right? There's some challenge ahead and they're going to go into this new time. Listen, some of you've been in that situation. Some of you are right there right now. It's like, where do we go from here? What do we do now? Everything's kind of changing. Everything's resetting. Everything, what do we do now? You're about to make a decision. It's going to affect the lives of other people. What do we do now? And, but, but all the time, God is, he, he still says, be strong and courageous. I want you to hear that right now. Be strong and courageous. What gave Joshua the confidence to move ahead? Verse 9 says, Remember, I have commanded you to be determined and confident. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for I, the Lord, am with you wherever you go. In other words, God's saying, remember who you're doing this for. Remember what this is all about, right? Remember, you're on assignment from Almighty God. You're on us. If I told you to do it, I'm going to be with you through it all. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I'm going to be with you. That's the nice thing about being in God's will. Being in God's will, he, when he tells you something, he gives you the power to do it, right? He gives you the strength to get it done. And, and, and so God's saying, I'm going to be with you. Step out in faith. Do something bigger than ever before. Do more bold than ever before. Don't, don't be discouraged, okay? So guard against being afraid 
and discouraged. Guard against that. Two things. Okay, write these down if you will. Two things. Fear, number one, fear keeps us from getting started. And number two, discouragement keeps us from finishing. The Bible says don't be afraid or discouraged. Literally in this story, they had to step out in faith. In chapter 3, when they come up to the Jordan River, the, it, it's springtime. So the, the, the snow's melting. I've spent a lot of time in the mountains in the springtime. The snow's melting. And often the, 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 the heat of the day will cause the river to rise. So they get to the edge of the banks of the river, and it, they are overflowing. It was today, Even today, a modern army would have a difficult time crossing this river close to two million people are ready to cross over the river and now they're at this flood stage moment and and God says the priests are to go out in front and carry the ark of the covenant and lead the way I want you to have the priest start walking into the water walking across taking steps of faith okay we've got to learn to take steps of faith throughout our life Tr God saying trusting me I'm going to do a miracle along the way. He didn't give them a hint of how he was going to do it. Okay, so often that's what we want from God. Just tell us what you're going to do and we'll get started doing it. God says, trust me, don't be afraid or discouraged. Okay, don't be afraid. So if you start, when you start doing what God is, there's, there can be fear there. But don't be discouraged. Don't stop. If you don't see the miracle actually come in that moment. So in this story, they have to step out in faith. They step out into the water. And the Bible says the priests take the Ark of the Covenant in front of the entire nation, begin to walk into the Jordan River. Verse 15, chapter 3 says, As soon as the priest stepped into the river, the water stopped flowing and piled up. I love this. The, I love this scripture. Eventually it's dry. Eventually it's dry. God does this again and again and again with the Israelites, right? It tells us that, that also that the priests had to stand there in the middle of the river while close to 2 million people pass, right? So that when they were the last ones to leave, they were the, la the first ones in and the last ones to leave. I often tell other pastors, listen, you, you got to learn to eat last, okay? It's part of serving. It's part of doing that well. They had to have extended faith and, and that, that it wouldn't start back up, that the floodwaters wouldn't start flowing again. They literally had to step out in faith. Then they had to stand firm in faith. The principle is this. The first step is hard. Often the first step is very, very difficult. But, uh, but, but some of the time, the hardest thing to do is to stick it out, to continue to stand, right? The hardest thing is making sure you don't give up. And I'm encouraging you, take that initial step and say, God, I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to believe that you're the son of God. I'm going to trust that you came and lived and died for me. I'm going to trust that you have a preferred future for my, my entire eternity. So I'm going to give my life to you. And for others, the encouragement is this, that when you've done all you can to stand, Keep on standing, right? Keep on going. Gather people around you. When you're weak, make sure that they know, hey, this is a weak moment for me. I need your strength. We stand, we stand a lot stronger when we stand together. And so let me ask you, what is the barrier? What is the barrier right now that's out there that's keeping you from becoming what God's wanting you to become? 
the, the child of God, the son or daughter that he's, what is the barrier? Is it, is it, is it, is it a relationship? Is there, is there something that's holding on to you that you don't want to let go of that, that you're holding on to? What is it in your life? What keeps you in the, in the desert and out of your promised land? What, what keeps you on the other side of the river that God has flowing for you? So evaluate yourself in this area of your life, right? My trust in God, my trust in God, write down a word or a phrase that describes your trust in him. It, it could be weak. It, it might be growing it might be it might be man it's accelerating right now where are you what would you like for it to be what would you like for it to be I I think one of the things that I admire most about Joshua is that he was willing to continue to stand and sometimes he had to stand alone or in a real small group for what was right right he was willing to go against uh, uh, the popular opinion he was willing to do the unexpected he was really willing to do the unusual the uncommon the bible says this 40 years earlier 40 years earlier moses had chosen 12 spies to go into the promised land and check it out to spy out the land and they came back and 10 of the spies said no way there's no way we can go in there. The people that live there are like giants in our sight, right? They're, they're huge. They're, they're powerful and strong, way too powerful for us. We can't do it. But there are two men. There were two men that said, we can do it. Two men, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, we can. And the entire nation said no. Two men said yes. Listen to that again. An entire nation said no. Two men said yes. It's interesting, 40 years later, who does God have leading? The ones who said yes. Around here, we often talk about it. Yes is one of the best things we can ever say, right? And so these two men said yes, and, it's, and 40 years later, God had the entire adult population actually die off before entering the promised land. I want you to know something. It's only, study it out if you want to. Only these two people, Joshua and Caleb, that were living at the time when the spies went into the promised land, only those two were able to return and go back into the promised land. Faith's a big deal to God. Standing firm is a big deal to him. Have you said in some way, somehow, someday my family's going to serve God. Someday we're going to do this. Someday, it's, someday they're going to serve Jesus. Because that's, if that's the case... They're going to they're gonna do what you're doing right now. So are you serving? You have a choice, right? What kind of person are you going to be for a year from now, right? Six months, next week. What are you going to do? God says, make your choice. Your future always depends on your current commitments. Hear that. Your future depends on your current commitments. Choose today who you will serve, right? There's a price to pay. I love the quote by Ed Cole. He said, there's a price to pay to grow, and that price is commitment. The price to pay to grow, and that price is commitment. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Then Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow God will do amazing things among you. Amazing things. God's saying, Get ready for something big. Get ready because the best is yet to come. Listen, you can't stay where you are and go somewhere else at the same time. Something's got to give. There's going to be, what is it going to be? Joshua chapter one, verse three, the word of God says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert 
to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So what made the difference? What made the difference was that Moses decided, listen, long ago, that he wasn't going without God. I'll just tell you right now, the difference in your life will be if you decide like Moses, that you're not going to go one more step. You're not going to make one more decision without God helping you lead the way. Have him open the doors. Is he leading your life? Are you following him? What, what's he want you to take possession of next? I want to pray for you before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for our friends that watch every week. Thank you for friends of mine that are watching all over the country. And those of you around Quay County, thank you so much. Church family, we love it when you watch as well. We're back in service and want you to be here. But God, we ask that you help people where they are. And Lord, we just, we just pray right now that you would come alongside those that are watching and that you would reach out and, and just know, give them that expression of your heartfelt love for them. Let them know how much you love them. God, I pray that we would surrender our hearts to you. We'd give everything to you. We'd follow you all the days of our lives. Keep us strong and help us be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.